Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Revelation, chapter 4. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I don't think that you can miss, in our culture today, the study of the future is big business. You can turn on CNN, MSNBC, a number of any of the other news channels, and an expert will start giving you his prediction on future events. A scientist is interviewed about the future of technology and development, an economist on financial growth, or lack thereof, an environmentalist on pollution and contamination, a diplomat is asked to pontificate on the future of the Middle East, a politician will speculate on the future of President Bush and how he's doing in the polls and which I think he is doing a phenomenal job, just as a side point. And, and then finally, a, a woman would step in front of a satellite picture to deliver the most dubious prophecy of them all, the weather report. <laughs> the future, as I think we would all agree, is just hot topic and big business and inquiring minds want to know. I mean, you can open up the yellow pages. I did it the other day, as a matter of fact, just to kind of prove my own point to myself. I open up the yellow pages, and page after page in any city, and even in your large cities, page after page, you find palm readers and tarot readers and astrologers and psychics. And you can get your future from in the astrology section in any newspaper. And if you get three different newspapers, you can get three different futures. It's true. And then, of course, I don't know if you've heard about Miss Cleo. <laughs> call me now. <laughs> don't call her. You shouldn't call her because she's being sued. The state of Florida is squaring off in court with the psychic pitch woman, Miss Cleo, trying to force her to prove she is really the Jamaican shaman she has claimed to be before millions of her viewers on these TV infomercials. And even in the state of Missouri, the city of St. Louis, the general, the attorney general, has filed two lawsuits against her for false advertising and fraud and unlawful business practices. The state attorney, Jay Nixon, told CNN... The fact that she didn't see the lawsuit coming proves she isn't psychic. (laughs) Isn't that true? People. And you know what's more amazing to me is people who actually call this woman. 
and discuss with her some of the deep things of life at $4.99 per minute. I don't understand it. Why? The only answer, the only answer can be is people are just absolutely unequivocally, positively into the future. Everybody wants to know about the future. Well, on Sunday mornings here at Calvary Chapel, that's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about the future, the future of God's people, the future of Christians going to heaven, the future of the planet Earth, the future of the Antichrist, the false prophet and the beast, the future that Jesus talked about when he told his disciples, I go away to prepare a place for you, and where I go, you can't come now. He says, but I'm preparing it. Don't lose hope. And he says, I'm going to come again and receive you unto myself. The future. We've been talking about the future. Prophecy. We've been studying the book of Revelation. Now, if you have been with us, we began that third and the final section of this book, Revelation chapter 4. And keep in mind, I'm sure you're already familiar with, as I pointed out to you, Revelation chapter 1, verse 19. If you don't already have it marked in your Bible, you should do so now because it is the heavenly outline. The book of Revelation is the only book in the Bible that gives us an outline within the book, a clear outline in the book. Revelation chapter 1, verse 19. It's a divine outline for the entire book. Chapter 1. John tells us to write the things which you have seen. Chapter 1. What did John see? John saw the resurrected and the glorified Jesus there in chapter 1. And then in chapters 2 and 3, write the things which are the church age, the seven epics of church history in chronological order. And then in chapters 4 through 22, write the things which will take place after this. That is the Greek word metatauta, M-E-T-A-T-A-U-T-A. And what does that mean, Rodney? It means after this. After this means after this. After what? After the church age. The church age. The church is caught up in the heaven. And then we move into the great tribulation where God will pour out his wrath upon a Christ-rejecting, sinful world. After this, after the church is caught up, then the wrath of God will come down. Now, between chapters 3 and chapter 6 are chapters 4 and 5. And in chapter 4... Verse 1, John is immediately caught up. We talked about this last week, which I believe is a picture, just a picture of the rapture of the church prior to the great tribulation. We saw John, last week we devoted much of our time, all of our time, to really verse 1 of chapter 4. I would encourage you to pick up the CD, order it, after service. John is caught up in the heaven and the church is there in heaven and we are safely tucked away in heaven. Meanwhile, back on the ranch, chapter 6 through 19, as I said, begin the great 
tribulation. And after the tribulation, the second coming of Jesus, where we will rule and reign with Jesus for how many years? A thousand years. Very good. There in chapter 20. And then in chapter 21 and 22, we have the new heaven. All right, I'm going to give you the answers and you say it. Heaven. We have the new and the new very good. And we all live happily ever after. And that's all, folks. The book of Revelation is not difficult if you follow the simple chronological flow of events. It's not difficult at all. This morning, we find ourselves before the throne of God. Now, get your pen, get your pad, because there's four things that I want to give you this morning about the throne. Four things about the throne. I want you to write these down, okay? Notice in verse 2 of chapter 4, we have the prominence of the throne. The prominence of the throne. And then in verse 3, we have the person on the throne. Actually, that would be verse 2 and 3. We have the person on the throne. So we have the prominence of the throne, the person on the throne, verse 2 and 3. The proclamation of the throne. We find that in verse 3. And then last but certainly not least, the people around the throne. The prominence of the throne, the person on the throne, guess who that might be? Jesus. Wow, you guys are smart. Jesus, the person on the throne, and the proclamation of the throne, and the people around the throne. Chapter 4 and 5 give us a glimpse into glory, a hint of the heavenlies. These chapters, I like to call these chapters the wow of heaven, because when you read it, you just finish it, you go, wow. They are the wow of heaven. Notice in chapter 4, let's pick up in verse 2. If you're there, would you say a hearty amen? amen? Immediately I was in the spirit, John says, and behold, a throne set in heaven. Now, would you circle the word set in heaven? And one sat on the throne. And he who sat there, Jesus, was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices and seven lamps of fire were burning around the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, would you read this part with me? 
Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, what do the 24 elders do? They fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, read verse 11 with me. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created created all things and by your will they exist and were created. See, I told you this is the wow of heaven. I can't read that. Now, by no means will we this morning cover all of these verses, but each time I seek to study these verses and, and seek to prepare something for you, uh, it just blows me away and I can't stop reading. I want to keep reading. So this morning, we're not going to look at in-depth all of these verses. We're going to look at verses 2 through 4 this morning. But I just love reading it because it's just so awesome. Number one, if you're taking notes, I told you, verse 2 is the prominence of the throne. The prominence of the throne. Now keep in mind, last week, John said, after this, after we finish dealing with the second section of the book, the church age, after this, John said that he heard a voice like a trumpet. Notice it wasn't a trumpet. It was like a trumpet saying, come up here quickly and I will show you things which must take place. Metatauta after this. And so the church is off the scene and John finds himself immediately in the spirit and in heaven. Now, as a pre-tribulationist, I believe we will be raptured like John. And immediately, I believe the first thing you will see in heaven is a throne that is set. The first thing we see now... If you're a pre-tribulationist, a mid-tribber, or a post-tribber, no matter when you believe you're going to get to heaven, I do believe that you will see a throne set in heaven whenever you get there. Okay, we'll just settle that, all right? So no matter what, whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib, when you get to heaven, the first thing that you are going to see is a throne that is set in heaven. Now, there are some people who believe that when they get to heaven, the first thing they're going to see is grandma waiting for them at the pearly gates. And I'll tell you, oh, when I get to heaven, I can't wait to see grandma. Grandma's going to be at the pearly gates waiting for me. And I get to see grandma. First thing, I can't wait. Listen, the first thing that you're going to see is a throne set in heaven. And then you're going to see millions upon millions upon millions upon billions of Christians throughout time and eternity who are all before the throne, grandma included, and she is going to be, say amen, and she's going to be, what she's going to be doing? She's going to be worshiping Jesus. And she's going to be in heaven. But the first thing you see 
will be, like John, a throne set in heaven. Now, why is John talking about this? Why is a throne set in heaven? What does it have to do with anything? Well, it has a lot to do with everything. Because remember, it's A.D. 96. And Diocletian, the Roman emperor, is persecuting Christians. He's brutally persecuting and attacking people, men, women, children, throwing them into the Colosseums at the Saturday arena, burning them at the stake, cutting off their heads. He is torturing our brothers and sisters for the faith. So John is writing, the first thing he sees is a throne set in heaven. Why? Because he is telling the Christians, those who are suffering under the throne of Rome, He's saying, listen, you guys, I understand that you're suffering under the throne of Rome, under Diocletian, that sick guy who's persecuting you and punishing you, and you're suffering. But listen, there is a throne set in heaven. So get your mind, if you will, off of the things that's going on around you and happening to you and start setting your mind and your heart on heaven, on the throne that is in heaven. Yes, I understand there's a throne set in Rome, but there is a throne that is set in heaven. And that is very consistent with what Paul the Apostle told the Colossians when he said, set your mind on things above and not on the things of the earth. See, heaven is our hope. Heaven is our only hope. And when you're suffering or going through problems, situations, and circumstances, listen, if you don't set your mind on heaven, you're going to have a lot of problems in this world. You've got to set your mind on the things above. As Christians, we're called to be heavenly-minded. There's a throne that is set in heaven. That word set literally can be translated laid or planted or fixed the throne john says is fixed it's laid it's planted in heaven and don't forget there truly is a throne in heaven 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 last week i asked you two questions do you believe in heaven and i asked you do you believe you're going there do you believe in heaven That's most of y'all. That's pretty good. And do you believe you're going to heaven? The same thing happened second service that happened first service. I asked them, did they believe in heaven? About half the people said, yeah. I asked them if they were going to heaven, and everybody said yes. Now, is that a problem there, or is it just me? Heaven is a real place. I believe heaven is a real place because the Bible teaches that heaven is a real place. This week I was talking to Pastor Rob about heaven and asked him if he wanted to be a Christian, he could go there, and he rejected me. Oh, just kidding. Don't tell him. Actually, we were talking about that, uh, that song, Imagine, by John Lennon. Now, some of you may be too young to remember that song, but it was a song called Imagine John Lennon wrote the song. And it's a beautiful song. I mean, it really is 
a beautiful song. But when you get past, see, so often we, we listen to music and we just get into the music and we ignore the words. That's dangerous. You're putting that stuff in your spirit. What's, what's in you is going to come out. So don't let anybody tell you, oh, well, if you, whatever music you listen to, it doesn't matter. It's just music. No, no, no. Listen, kids. Listen, adults. No, big kids. No, no, no. What you put in your spirit is going to come out and work its way out of the, your life and its behavior. So we listen to music and we go, oh, that song, imagine, is such a beautiful song. I mean, oh, and I just love the, the music. It's so, oh, the music is so beautiful. Yeah, it is. But do you know the words of that song are downright blasphemous? Do you know the words of that song diminishes and, and just, just totally negates this whole idea of heaven? And not only that, but that song, imagine, I'd go as far as to say that that song is setting people up for the one world system that we talk about often. It's setting people up for the oneness of the world system, diminishes a real heaven. Listen to the words. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for and no religion too. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. I hope someday you'll join us. Join us in what? In our unbelief of heaven. That's what he's saying. Join us and we'll all be as one. Listen, I would hate to imagine that there's no heaven. Because if this world is all there is, then we should all be on Prozac. <laughs> now, is there a doctor in the house? Write some scripts for Prozac now. Because there's no hope. There is no hope. If, all, if this is it, if this is it, you know, I think about that, the, the little girl, Danielle Van Dam, seven years old, in her room, in her home, sleeping, and some lunatic psycho from two doors down comes in, cuts the chain on her door, breaks into her home somehow, and steals her, and then takes her, brutalizes her, and murders her. And John, you want me to imagine that there's no heaven? What are you, nuts? Man, if there is no heaven, then we are all men and women most miserable. Oh, I look forward to going to heaven. I don't know about you. I can't wait to go to heaven. I have loved ones who are not Christians. I have loved ones who do not know the Lord. And I pray for their salvation. But I still, in my spirit, in my heart, I cannot wait to go to heaven. Heaven is my only hope. And for me, as a Christian, and for you as a Christian, listen, this is as bad as it gets. If you're suffering here, okay, this is as bad as it gets. Because it's onward and upward from here. Amen. But, but let me tell you something now. Let me tell you. If you don't know Jesus. And I'm not trying to scare you into getting saved. 
I'm not trying to scare you into getting saved. Listen, 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 listen. If I can talk you into it, I can talk you out of it. I'm not trying to talk you. These are the facts. These are just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. If you are not a born-again believer, this is as good as it gets for you. This is as good. It's all downhill from here. Oh, I'd even go as far as to say if you're not a born-again believer and you have no intentions on giving your life to Jesus Christ, then you should just party hardy, man. Just party till your brains come out. Just, just go full on in the sin. Really, uh, really, go. I mean, do it. Live your life. Live to the fullest. Get all that you can get. Be all that you can be in this life because this is as good as it gets. Because from here, it's all downhill if you don't know Jesus Christ. But if you're a Christian, this is as worse as it gets. It doesn't get worse. Than, imagine there's no heaven. Are you crazy? No, I won't. I will keep the hope of heaven before me. I don't know about you, but have you ever felt out of place? Sometimes I feel so out of place. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.